Hello, Millennium Live listeners. Connor Tui, happy to be back here for another episode of the Millennium Live podcast partnership series. We have a great partner here today who is leading, is the leading healthcare data science platform. We have Closed Loop, which is helping healthcare organizations improve outcomes and in reduce that unnecessary costs with accurate, explainable, and actionable predictions of individual level health risks. Talking about closed loop, I have a great guest today, Dave DiCaprio. He is the chief technology officer and co-founder of, of closed loop. Dave, thanks for uh, joining the podcast. Thanks. It was great to be here today. Yes, uh, Dave, you are a uh, industry veteran. You have over 20 years of experience transitioning that advanced technology from those academic research labs into those successful businesses that we see today. And I just want to briefly mention that your experience includes genome research, pharmaceutical development, healthcare insurance, computer vision, sports analytics, speech recognition, transportation logistics, real-time collaboration, robotics, and financial markets. Dave, uh, I'm excited to chat with you today because uh, you have uh, you have some amazing work that you've done in the past and uh, great to be talking technology with a true technologist like yourself. Cool. That's what I enjoy talking about. So, <laughs> so let's dive into it. I want to start talking uh, the discussion today about AI and the recent AI boom. We've seems like everybody's talking about AI and all the recent innovation around it might as well start there so it's um it seems that companies too today are kind of scrambling to leverage ai in some efficient way and and reduce those costs across the board so you know for those who are maybe up in the air about such a subject you know in in your opinion is ai an imperative for businesses now yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we hear over and over from our customers that, you know, AI strategy is now a board level discussion. It's no longer the job of the IT team or the or the um or the data organization, but really a company-wide effort let let it sort of at the CEO level. And that's because there's a lot of capabilities available today. I think you hear a lot about the sort of large language models and chat GPT things. And those are going to be applications that are really going to evolve over the next several years. And there's going to be a lot coming, but there are so many things that use sort of more tried and true technology that are available today and actionable and really working day in, day out already. And so I think one of the big things that's come out of this AI boom is not just looking towards the future, but accelerated adoption of the existing things that are already proven and in place today. So, you know, as an industry veteran as yourself, you know, you've watched the technology evolve from its big data and and pattern recognition days. So now that the company companies are looking into this, and it, as you mentioned, it is a board level discussion. What advice do you have for those who are evaluating AI vendors like Closed Loop and others uh, right now? Yeah, I, I think an important thing is that, you know, that... What this technology does, or really any technology advance does, is it can provide new and innovative solutions to existing problems that can allow you to do things better, faster, cheaper. And, and the reason I bring that up is because I think, especially if, if you're a business looking at this, don't buy the technology. Buy better solutions to the problems you have. 
don't think about just, oh, I heard about this in the news, I should get this because it's the next big technology. It's really about find, if you're shopping around, there are so many people who can market all kinds of technology. There's a lot of uh, hype around things, but find people who really understand your problems and the technology and how to use that technology to solve your problems. There is no AI technology that you can magically throw at any problem and it gives you the right answer to that. So it's really about finding the right companies and products that are going to, uh, that are really tailored for your particular industry or whatever problems you're trying to solve. And the benefit in AI is it should be able to, you know, you should be able to see tangible benefits from this, not hypothetical, maybe someday we can see things, but tangible benefits of, oh, I can, you know, how is this actually going to increase my cost and what real problems do I have today that this can address? Yeah. So, you know, one of the story, one of the uh, questions I do like asking uh, our partners is I'm curious about the story behind Closed Loop. And I, as one of the co-founders hearing your, your side of that story, I, I know you were at GNS Healthcare. You were leading the development there for the first in-class casual ML platform. And, uh, and of course, we'll, we'll dive into maybe why healthcare, but um you know what 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 challenges were you seeing in the the healthcare industry specifically that led you to help co-found the company in 2017 yeah there, there there's really three things we saw coming together in 2017 the the first was the sort of digitization of he- healthcare so that there were electronic medical records um but really all kinds of new devices genomic data was becoming available all this new digital data was becoming available to an industry that used to be previously be paper based and you know until you make that digitization shift there's really not a good play for ai obviously we got to get over that and so 2017 healthcare was late as they often are in technology adoption and so while this was happened you know decades before in retail it, didn't, it wasn't really until you know, about the time we founded the company that that enough data was digitized that it made sense. The second was obviously the advances in AI. Um, you know, we certainly in the last year, there's been an explosion of AI advances, but really those explosions have been happening for the last 15 years. And so uh, really we saw, okay, there's new advances in AI, there's no more digital data. And then the third critical thing was really changes in the healthcare industry overall. Um, there was a move to sort of better align incentives. Uh, you know, the, the politics change, and there's a lot of talk in healthcare. But honestly, in the U.S., the healthcare system has been moving to something that's steadily more value-based and moving from more reactive to proactive care. And when you start to move to proactive care, what happens is analytics and intelligence become more important. When you're reactive. It's more about volume and utilization and just trying to efficiently use your resources. But as we saw things moving towards this proactive care, the idea was we need better analytics, we have better data, and there's better algorithms. And so those were the kind of confluence of three things that really led us to found the company back in 2017. Mm, that's that's uh, that's interesting about this this proactive approach now that you're seeing in healthcare, and certainly it's uh, healthcare is changing one of the biggest changes there is, uh, you know, closed loop is focused on healthcare specifically. So where do you see AI coming into play and really helping organizations maybe get over that hump of, uh, of that technology and really push that forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there are so many areas where AI can help. I think a lot of them you see 
talked about in the popular press of the some of these tools are going to be able to automate the doctor's notes and help with diagnosis. And those those will be important things that will come over time. Um, a lot of those really amount to maybe reducing administrative burden, uh, right. which will help and save money. But but a lot of things we're interested in are really trying to essentially, again, move to a proactive care. And this is an area where in closed loop, we can monitor the data for millions of patients, look at, look at their records, and then find people who are falling through the cracks or where there are opportunities to improve their care. So could be somebody released from the hospital who just had a lot of changes in their medication and they need extra follow-up, or we do a lot with social determinants of health and non-medical interventions. So finding people who might be missing vital appointments because of transportation and getting them transportation help. Mm -hmm. Those things, you know, getting somebody a ride to a needed doctor's appointment actually lowers the cost of care because maybe you keep somebody out of the hospital who might otherwise have been there because they couldn't go just because they needed transportation. Some of these interventions are not super expensive, but if you can do these things proactively, you can save extremely expensive and 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 debilitating events often that can occur that can occur occur for people later on. Yeah, a ride to the a ride to the doctor's office is certainly cheaper than a, a an ambulance ride to the hospital or the ER. So, exactly. yeah, so let's. I want to talk about data, and this is something that you know hospitals are dealing with. Large healthcare organizations they're trying to to deal with. And for algorithms to run effectively, they need data. So talk to me a little bit about the challenges that you're seeing, Dave, about data sharing. I know that's a, that's a hot topic as well within the healthcare industry and whether organizations can still use AI, ML, if they have, you know, this messy data center or limited data. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly this is a big deal in healthcare. Um, there are, you know, we are inherently dealing with data that is more sensitive and more uh, private uh, than than many other industries. You can make an argument that all of everybody's data should be treated with the same privacy and concern that healthcare data is. Um, yeah, you know, really, kind of Europe has gone somewhat in that direction with the GDPR. Without getting into that, regardless, we're in healthcare and it is treated that way, and so so. The privacy concerns are really paramount, and you have to sort of address those first and foremost when you're in when you're in healthcare. I do think that, you know, to some degree, we also have to acknowledge that many of the healthcare organizations, uh, they, you know, their pa their patients are their customers, um, and sharing your data with other organizations is tantamount to sharing information about your customers uh, with other organizations, and that's a sensitive thing because of that. We can't expect the industry itself to up and solve the data sharing problems. And that's why the government has really been leading a lot of these efforts. And it's an area where most of the data sharing, uh, the movement forward on the data sharing side has come from federal government mandates telling electronic medical record vendors, you cannot lock up your data and prevent people from getting it. You have to give patients access to their data. Because it's the government that's doing it, it often go, it moves slowly. It doesn't proceed at the pace that we see sort of data sharing happen in other other industries. I spent some time in finance and, you know, probably the fastest moving uh, industry around data sharing. So um, it's it really is an issue, but but it's been a steady march of progress over the last several years. There's the 21st Century Cures Act mandated additional data sharing. There were rules that went into effect a few years ago that improved data sharing. So we're now getting to the point where 
being able to consolidate patients' health records. And even as they move from one insurance company to another, having their health history be able to move with them. These are all things that are either, honestly, they're all things that are federally mandated to happen today. It's probably another year or two before they really become into widespread uh, use. But the important thing is it's all coming and, and you have to be prepared for it. And so it's important that the algorithms you use and the way you think of the problems you solve be gated by the, the available data you have. Um, but there's also more data coming, um, wearable data, continuous glucose monitors, um, genetic data. These are all new areas of data that are coming in that are starting to be integrated into healthcare. And AI is going to be critical leveraging all of those data sources because you're getting beyond uh, the level of data that individuals can now comprehend and sort through. We can't expect doctors and medical professionals to understand how to integrate and all of the possible permutations of the data that come in. So it's very important that we have the AI tools in place as that data starts right. to come online, because that's what's going to end up driving. Right. Well, I mean, we could have a whole podcast episode about data sharing and <laughs> regulatory <laughs> compliance, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. in the in the matter of time, uh, I, I'm actually curious. I've got an interesting question because uh, machine learning algorithms inherently learn and, and improve over time. Is AI and ML more of like a set it and forget it solution? I'm I'm actually curious as if there's any maintenance that that could be done that that companies need to do in order to keep the uh, keep AI uh, moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is very important. Um, you know, the uh, you can have the idea that oh, well, if the machine's going to learn as it goes, then I don't need to keep iterating on it. Yeah, um, and it's just important to realize the limitations of the technology today. You know, it's it's not magic. Um, it is important for you to monitor the data feeds that come in and, and making sure the systems are sort of operating correctly. And then, you know, understand that there are going to be changes in the data. When COVID hit, that was huge for people who were running AI and machine learning models. Cause all of a sudden, everybody in the, in the country looked like they were a lot healthier. Everybody stopped going to the doctor. Um, right. The reality isn't people weren't getting healthier. They were, they were all sheltered in place. And so, uh, you know, it, certainly that's the biggest example in, in, in all the years I've been doing this, you know, to see such massive change. Um, and, and you have to understand the machine learning models, these models are based on understanding past data, looking at patterns and determining what can happen. When something like COVID hits, there is no past, what is, there is no past data from a pandemic that these models can learn from. And so you have to know where those models will still be useful and where they won't. So it is important to continually monitor them. Things like bias and fairness. Um, it's important to check that, that models are behaving properly, not just when they're initially trained, but over time. And so there are good tools in place. You know, we make some tools to uh, handle those kinds of checks, but they are important to do. So here's an interesting question for you. I know you've, um, you know, being at closed loop now, um, you know, for over five five years, uh, how do companies determine whether their AI and ML solutions are actually working? I'm sure you have a ton of use cases in the payers and providers space where where you can determine um, how 
a solution like closed loop has has really helped healthcare organizations. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the most important thing is really decide what you know. How do we determine if it's working? Well, first you have to understand what it working means. So it's important to understand what your success criteria are upfront. Most of our projects, we like to do an ROI analysis upfront and say, hey, we think this model should improve this decision making by X percent, and therefore, and 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 we can track through what the impact of that decision is to you know some kind of bottom line impact for whoever we're we're, we're dealing with. And so we had a customer, Care TC, that was trying to find unplanned hospital admissions in there. They had a system they were using that was based on some rules and we put it in an AI-based systems. We were able to find two to three times as many of those unplanned hospital admissions. Each one of those is a potential savings opportunity of fifteen dollars or $20,000 for them. If you understand the problem you're tackling and you identify those metrics you're going to use to track up front, that's important. There's certainly some data science things and you have to manage, you know, look at your model accuracy and, and the numbers, making sure that the numbers coming out are good. But really what's more important is, you know, not just that the predictions are accurate, but that the predictions are being used in a way that is actually driving the right decisions that is actually moving relevant business metrics for you. You can have a model that's doing a doing great AI and predicting things wonderfully, but if you're not using those outputs in a way that's driving relevant business decisions, then the system isn't going to be successful anyway. So we always try to get people anchored not on arbitrary accuracy statistics that really don't mean anything about the actual business uh, metrics. And the good thing about those is those don't change. You know, though, although you're using a new technology, the problems you're solving and your and the and the way your business works is often the same. And so. You know, those are metrics that our customers do understand and do live and die by on a day-to-day -day basis. This is so far it was an awesome chat with you, Dave. I I, I know we are you got we are strict on time, so I wanna I wanna I only have a couple more questions for you, and uh, I wanna shift that gear and talk about the future and maybe looking ahead a little bit mm -hmm. about um, you know some of the evolving industry challenges that are ahead, specifically in healthcare, and that you see yeah. AI playing a bigger role in uh, perhaps more so than it does now uh, when we looks when we look at the months or years ahead I know you don't you don't have a crystal ball in front of you right now but what do you where do you see this type of technology going and transforming uh, an industry that's huge as healthcare yeah I think one of the important things when you look ahead is to sort of have humility in, in terms of how much how many problems are not solved in healthcare today um, you know, I, I talked about continuous glucose monitors and fitness trackers and genetic data. The reality is, for the most part, none of that is used in, the, in care today. We're still relying on a lot of old school approaches and, and, and a slow moving medical knowledge apparatus in order to determine what the standard of care is. We need to be using, I think in the future, we'll be using much more data and we'll be learning from more of the healthcare interactions. Like right now, it's like 2% of all healthcare is done within the context of a clinical trial. The other 98%, we learn absolutely nothing from. And so if we want to get better at healthcare, it's we have to get better about learning about what's going on. And healthcare isn't a place where we can do artificial experiments. It's 
It's real human beings who are living their real lives. And so we have to be able to learn from the actual healthcare that's being produced. And I think mm. AI, that's an area where AI is going to be absolutely huge going forward, ultimately. And again, I mentioned there will be other areas where it will automate some of the mundane work. Physicians will spend less time taking notes. We will have better access to medical information. The diagnoses will get cleaner. There's a lot of these areas where it'll help out. But uh, you know, the big thing I see is really the quality of care we are able to provide will be much better because we'll be able to leverage all this data and we'll be able to learn from the millions and millions of interactions that happen every day uh, as people try to improve their health. Hmm. So I have one final question for you. And, uh, you know, as a leader, you, you know, you, you've also, you know, been involved with successful startups and, you know, you've consulted small organizations, large organizations really to innovate using technology to that maximum, having that maximum impact. You know, is there a, is there a surprising takeaway that you've learned since starting Closed Loop and, you know, how the company has grown uh, to what it is now? Um, you know, you're a leader in healthcare AI. You must have seen uh, something over the last six uh, six years or so that's um, caught your eye. Yeah, I think, you know, I guess the, if I were to go back to myself in 2017 and, and tell myself, what do you, what are some of the things you think that are not true? I think it would be uh, really that AI is going to move a lot faster than you think. And healthcare organizations are going to move a lot slower than you think. <laughs> Those would be the two highlights I had. I mean, the the progress in AI was incredibly fast in 2017. The advances we made from over the 10 years before that were really incredible. Uh, going from where computer vision and natural language processing were really not fields where anything super useful or leverageable had been produced to now where those are ubiquitous day-to-day -day technologies. And that was where we were, and now it's moving even faster as, as the ability of the new AI systems not now that have read everything in the world and can generative AI, all the capabilities are just so much better. That's moving faster than I thought. And honestly, that the healthcare industry, even though I knew it was slow, I, you know, I think the the structural incentives take a while for all of this new data to come in and for all that new technology to be adopted. And, you know, there is a real reason why healthcare is slow to adopt technology. It, you know, we're dealing with people's health. I would much rather have, if I got to decide whether to try a new algorithm to decide which ad to show or which drug to give a patient, I want the technology being tested on the, on, on the ad technology first. So it totally makes sense right. that healthcare is behind. Um, but the, the, the degree to which it's behind, I think healthcare sometimes accepts that it's slow and some of that creates inertia where it's slow because everybody thinks it's slow and that's not acceptable. I think we have to move uh, and push, push to go faster than that. And, I, and so I, I, the changes we had seen in the incentive structure and how healthcare was working five years ago were encouraging, those have continued. I would love to see it all happen faster. Um, I think the AI will keep yeah. getting faster. I will. I hope the healthcare industry will start moving faster. Well, it's exciting to see where it goes for sure. The technology is is there. It's exciting to watch, and um, healthcare is certainly changing. No matter if it is at a snail's pace. Dave DiCaprio, CTO, co-founder of Closed Loop. 
Thank you so much for your time, Dave. It was a great chat. True technologist at heart. Uh, thanks for joining Millennium Live. Thanks, Hunter. It's been great.